0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is on. Competition is more Competition Competition is Competition is more Competition
1: is 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 high school games covers doing a play-by-play and and uh color commentary for saying really fun
0: yeah Yeah, it's been a blast it's
1: been fun that's the first time we've done that together
0: yeah uh and it was like hey show up begin (laughs) and it was good so i like stuff like that uh when you do stuff like that a lot or you come from a background that is always fun just jumping into it and Especially when you do it in high school, you get a little bit more creative freedom than than you get when you do it in college or the pros. So, you know, it was fun. Yeah, and we got to see good games. Yeah, we got to see some good games. We got a mighty, mighty car Cougars lose, which was uh, something that we don't normally see. But it was a great effort by uh, St. Augustine football to get that win. And uh, the game versus Rumble this weekend was also a good game. We saw some really good high school football here.
1: Now, you also did the battle for Algiers after that, which was held at
0: yeah, Yeah, the Battle of Elges on the East Bank, uh right after we did the uh St. August Rumble game. We just fired, flew right over to uh flew, drove right over to uh airline drive to Flonks Street, I believe that's how it's pronounced, Flonks, And uh went over there, uh Landry, they gave a good fight in the first half, but you know, Carr was able to do what carr does, you know. Battle of Attrition. They we were able to, you know, out physical them in the end and get the big win in the Battle of Algiers, as I said on the PA, East Bank style. So that was fun to uh, to go ahead and uh, and watch that game as well.
1: It's It's been very strange just watching a lot of this stuff because um, this is it's such an unusual high school football season. You, you have the concerns that you have for the kids, and then in those moments you kind of, you know, while you're watching them, you can't help but root for them. You want them to do their best and everything. Yep, and it's it's so it's like in the moment you detach, and then as soon as it's over, you go back to thinking like, man, should we really be doing this? And
0: <laughs> it's- That's what I do. That's what I do. When I saw the stuff with LSU, as we as we talk about LSU and Alabama uh, being, I tweeted out, "Man, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? These kids are not getting paid for this. Everyone's no. getting paid to make these kids play." and potentially harm themselves. And it's just weird to me. It's so weird, but I mean, capitalistic society, I guess this is what a pandemic in a capitalistic society is gonna be. I guess that's what this is. I guess this was a a lesson for all of us because none of us truly understood what this was, what this would be, but when you see all the games postponed, you know, this game, that game, uh, this player won't play He's on the COVID-19 list. We're going to get another guy off the street if he has COVID. And then the absolute uh, ignoring of the symptoms that follow COVID-19. He was like, no one talks about that. Look, I mean, the NFL, no one talks no. about the haulers, stuff that comes with people that had COVID. It's,
1: and, and- it's weird. And then you see just the, the craziness and the variation. Like, we get, we'll talk about shoes specifically in a second. But you have Trevor Lawrence, who tests positive for COVID, is not allowed to play. And yet he's on the sidelines at Clemson-Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame has a problem with, you know, all these fans storming the field just doing this. And, ridiculous, and, and then, we already know Indiana has a, has a spike. And yeah. South well, I mean, Bend, 17 particularly different states spike. right now, are spiking. The country is spiking. Yeah, well, look, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Earth is spiking. But I'm just saying, in particular, the, as much news coverage about South Bend and whatnot, what even happened, like on that level, is just. I mean, what do you what can you say, man? You got half the nation are cool with this, and then you so got. I,
1: I, I, mean, I don't yeah. know what to say. You, then you go to the <laughs> SEC this weekend, and half the conference games could be canceled.
0: Yep, I mean and that's well, what they're looking if, at. It, it, I mean, Florida. I think we not even we may not even play Florida now, right? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, like who knows? Who knows? These high school we games teams canceled finish canceled every season week. With, with five, games, with
1: four or five games.
0: Four or five games, and and I like the NBA did it right. We all know the NBA did it right. They won't get their credit for other reasons. They have nothing to do with basketball. But the NBA did it right. Everybody else is a dystopian Mad Max scenario. For pretty much everyone, for except for the NHL and the NBA, everyone has screwed this up. Major League Baseball, they were terrible at first. They got their act together. And then in the final game of the season, <laughs> everything screws up. as Justin Turner. of The Dodgers gets COVID, walks out there, kisses his wife with the mask off, stands next to a guy, his manager, who, who just has survived already cancer. Suffered, survived cancer. You got Magic Johnson out there who ain't got an no immune system. <laughs> and you're hugging him. Although I would say magic is probably on a whole nother level of, uh, of treatment. Perhaps but just, he can't catch COVID-19. Like the insanity but... of it,
1: though, is Rob Manfred says, you know, he issues a statement saying this is, you know, terrible and he shouldn't have been out there. And then the dude says, I don't care. And yes, I ain't girl. apologizing. They're like, well, no further punishment needed. Wait, what? Like, what? Uh, <laughs> How so are you the commissioner uh, of a sport? And you let the player tell you, I ain't taking your punishment because I don't care. And like that's been for like the way baseball COVID, handled COVID in a really capitalistic
0: society. Yeah, COVID in a capitalistic society. We're seeing it. We're seeing what it is. And it's weird.
1: <laughs> it's so weird. the, the LSU Bama game is canceled. Well, at, at the very least, postponed, but I think it's canceled. I don't, there's no there's no time to oh, play that game again
0: over under on LSU fans actually mad at that
1: they ain't mad because they were going to get they were going to put three <laughs> figures up on
0: them Bama was so, going to get a
1: hundred it was going to be it's, yeah
0: so I'm I'm I don't know. I think maybe I'm 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 okay with it as well right now. I'll be given the circumstances. If it's over with it, look it is what it is, man. So we move on to the next because that's what it is. Look, I mean, I don't even look at the top twenty-five, man. I think are aren't who are there teams in there that never been there before, like Indiana, Northwestern. Like this is it's just weird, man. And I hope one of those teams are able to run the table, maybe get into the to the college uh, bat, uh, college football championship or in that top four. I hope one weird team gets in there. I just hope something like that happens because at least it'll be worth it for one, you know, university, one team that they were it'll able have to, be. to traverse it'll this have COVID to be. situation.
1: Because you don't know how many schools are going to be standing at the end.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so I
1: mean, if, like, you're going to have yeah. – literally, you could have Big Ten teams like Ohio State and they could play six games. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you <laughs> you know what doing? And if, if you're a 5-0 Ohio State and you got an 8-0 Alabama and it's like – how do you judge any of these teams this year? Like you're that's literally that's what I'm saying. It's nothing. This stuff into in a hat. Every, it,
0: it's yeah. It's 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 weird. It's all weird, and I don't know what we're gonna think about this a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. We look back on all good, you know. <laughs> I gotta remind myself. I gotta keep it like right and snap it back on when I'm not paying attention. Because because even I, someone who who I've shown you since. For months and months, like I'm the lysol guy, like my, right. my boss even last. I me about being the lysol guy, and even I find myself at times taking my mask off or not put. So, just this society, how we're living right now, it, 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 it's, it's I, like, like we said, it's they're going to be books on books on books on journals on studies on things that
1: documentaries. You know, that if there's a Netflix documentary Netflixes, years.
0: yeah, it it, 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 people are going to judge us harshly. For COVID summer right
1: is going to be the 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 documentary and we talk about all, there's going to be all these athletes and stuff. And like I lost my career in 2020 and all these people say I lost this. And we're just going to be like, we were so dumb. We were so, so dumb. If we make it 20 years, who knows? You know? We, yeah, just, who knows? Now, ain't nothing promised. But for LSU anyway, yeah. Going the way the season's going, where they were basically saying we pulling people off the street to play quarterback because we ain't got nobody in, the, in the, as far as the numbers yeah. go, it was going to be bad. So for Ed Orgeron, who it can't really get worse for this year.
0: Nah. Like these and are – we, we mean
1: off and off the – we mean on and off the field. Right. <laughs> it's not been – like, I understand my man is basking in the afterglow of a national championship. Nah but uh this it wasn't supposed to be like this
0: nah Bo, look man as soon as you I heard the name Bo Pelini when yep. I heard the, the words Bo yep. Pelini I got I got electroshocked right back into 2003 and that's what I thought this team would be. I was like man we went from getting people that had nothing to do with the program that were innovators to help change the program to right back to the good old boy, hey, you worked here 100 years ago. Come on, go be the defensive coordinator. Let's not even, like, try to find, you know, another guy. We're not promote from he within. Was added.
1: To not make uh, like a guy Kevin's, like a, yeah. a Corey Raymond and give him an opportunity. Yeah. As a defensive
0: Give somebody who – who, 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 who was under Aranda and maybe, you know, had some tutelage and was able to see how he was able to do things. And, but now I'm seeing a defense out there that's, that's playing 2003, you know, defensive football in 2020.
1: And and they you can't, can't run it. the football. If you uh, like yeah. you, for LSU, which has always had backs that ain't never had a problem in having backs and you can't run the football at, like at all. It's yeah, I'm really hand was some, a bad hire. Yeah, too, I'm dis-
0: my yeah, I'm disappointed in I'm disappointed in, in, in what I'm seeing from them, especially from the running back position, because obviously we always have great running backs at LSU. Um, uh, the kid's name's escaping me right now. Uh, number four, he was so, so good in high school. I know we covered him in high school. Um, What's about his name, Emory? right? Yeah, Emery. We covered him high Man, he was so, so good. And, and I see him here at LSU, and I just feel like he hasn't even come close to to, to doing anything close to what he's shown you know, uh, prior to getting there. And maybe that's some play calling, and maybe that's him himself. I, I'm not sure.
1: That line but, is bad. That line yeah, is which, really yeah, bad. Yeah, it
0: is it's pretty bad. What you're seeing right now is a mixture of losing on a ton of players to the NFL and COVID-19 and new players who didn't get in the offseason, et cetera, et cetera, and, 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 you know, coaching staff that's maybe a little bit more arrogant coming out of offseason than they should have. And so you mix all those things together you see a team that's just not ready to play. And that's, that's what I see it. I see a team that's just not ready to play.
1: Yeah. I, I think the the coaching hires are going to be something that people talk about because yeah. that was, that's the sustainability that you want from program. Any, any program is going to lose assistance
0: that wins yep. any good program. Yeah. Any good program. If you win, somebody going to take
1: your assistance. They did it to urban yep. Meyer. They do it to, you know, um, Nick Saban. If you have assistants, they're going to take them.
0: But um, the difference is, is that coach O is not a, he's not a micromanager type of head coach, like a Nick Saban, like some other coaches in the nation where everything is on him. He's the type of guy that likes to let his guys do their thing. And he can just be the CEO of it all. And, when you got guys that can't do their thing and you're the CEO of it all, it don't look as good. Yes. So Coach always going to have to have a come-to-Jesus moment as well. What does he do good? What is what is his role in terms of bottom lining, you know, an offensive play call or a defensive play call? At some point, you know, he might have to take the reins and we'll have to see what he, what kind of coach he truly is. You know, if he has to do that, he has to step outside of his comfort zone because, because – that's where, you know, you make your bread as a coach, you know, it's not always going to go well. And, and if things go, you know, opposite to expectations, you want to be able to do something different, you know, add something, you know, put something out there that's new or different or innovative. And I don't know if Coach O can do that, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. It's, it's the question as to whether or not he is going to be the kind of coach that Les Miles was where LSU is generally competitive, but never elite again. You know what I mean? Like, they only you – know, they had one other appearance in a championship game after they won with less, Just one other yeah, one. I mean, it's, it's either he's going to become a, a coach who can stay in it or he might be the next Gene Chiswick or Larry really? Coker. But let's, let's, let's preface this with it's the COVID season. So we'll see,
0: but I think everybody's going to get a COVID – you know, get out of jail car. I guarantee you, you know, before they will get not. fired. I guarantee well, not you, not everyone, but I think I think Coach O will. Coach O will. Oh, I Coach, will. Yeah, yeah, Coach O will. You Coach o will. Yeah, you got a national championship. That get you three years. They get you years. a couple of years. They get you a couple of years. So, so I don't think the concern is today. But yeah, ain't nobody expect this. Ain't nobody expect LSU to get their butt whipped like this. play like this, play this bad, even with the COVID situation. When you look at other schools, as good as they're playing, for LSU to be playing this bad, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I think when everyone looks back at this season, I mean, look at the top 25 right now, some of the teams in there that have never been there ever. I think people are going to look at this season as the COVID season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not—it's not legitimate. It's not gonna feel legitimate. Nobody's gonna think this is a real season because nobody played non-conference games. Nobody, you don't—you're not even getting full conference schedules. It's, it's nonsense. This whole season is—is is nonsense.
0: It's, yeah, that's what I've been telling people. Let's talk about a good
1: football team. All right, let's talk about a good football team—the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah, they're good, right? Yeah, pretty good. They—they—they <laughs> so they, they go and they demolish the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-eight to three.
0: Tampa man. Bay gets mad props putting that three up there just to, just to not go down. Uh, no, I the, think the uh, three
1: is worse. The three is worse. Is. Than me.
0: It is. It is. But I, I'm just laughing at them that they felt like they had to do that. They felt like, look, we're not gonna be in the books on this. So it's just kind of no, funny to man, think take that, that out they and go home.
1: Because look, you know, you and I both know because we've both been on the, on on a, in games, and it doesn't matter what sport you're in. We've been in games uh-huh. where, you, where you got your ass whooped, and. Whether If you lose by 50, hitting a three yep. at the end to make you 47 don't make you feel better. You nope. know what I'm saying? It doesn't. You, you When you get in the film room the next day and coach is showing you everything you did wrong, he'll be like, but shout out to the kicker for getting that three. I shout just out. thought it was funny. I just you know thought it was, like it, it was funny because had he missed
0: it, they would have, they probably would have had, like, an advanced stat like we never saw before had he missed it. Like, it was the first time they had been shut out 40 years or some crap like that. So so that thought process being in their mind, as they're getting their ass whipped, I just thought that's funny. <laughs> Let's get this three points on the board right quick so we don't go down in history. Man, four and, and rushes, and it, they, had, they had four rushes for, like, five, wait, five rushes for eight yards in that game, the worst rushing game in the
1: history of the NFL? They didn't even try to run the wow. football, and they couldn't run the football. And that was the that was thing amazing. we talked about with Tampa before the season started is that you and I both said, I didn't believe in that offensive line. Yeah, I didn't believe in that offensive line. And the Saints, with a fresh defense, with Marcus Davenport playing as as well as he is, finally, that game, finally was, won playing great. Line. That game yep. was won by the D-line. That game was won by the D-line.
0: Man, Trey Hendrickson, what a steal. This guy is in the third round. I mean, he's looked good. From the first minute he's been here, he's looked like a player. He had a higher motor type of guy in that first couple of years, but now he's he's showing a little bit more skill. Uh, he's looking like a pro bowler almost. Uh, and man, they were all, I just look how they look in the fresh all whites. And the fresh all whites, it just it brings everything to another level. When you're doing it, it's nice, but when you're doing it with the fresh all whites, it's almost like a little heavenly glow to everything that you've seen out there on the field. and I felt it on that Sunday night game. That was one of the most enjoyable uh, games to watch in a very long time, I thought, in terms of being a blowout. I mean, just it, it, it injected a lot of pride into you watching that game. And then in that game, the tasting package hit. The tasting package hit. And I know you was at home probably mad about it. I was sitting there, and I swear, <laughs> to I swear, I swear
1: I'm, I'm sitting on the hits, couch with my, oh my and my wife goodness. is sitting in the chair next to me. <laughs> and every time – the ball when Taysom was on the field, I would tell my wife, watch what happens. This is what they're gonna do. And they would uh-huh. do that. Like I would uh-huh. say, he's gonna run on this one. And he would run. And I'm like, I don't understand why Tampa hasn't figured this out. Yeah. Like there are it was, it wasn't necessarily that. Look, I gotta give the man credit. You take advantage of what you take credit advantage of. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, give, really you the whole, well. the they give you the whole, well. take the whole. If they give you the catch, take the catch. I'm not mad at him. Um, I just think Sean Pitt had it going, play calling
0: why We've seen games like this from him before when, where the play calling is just – I mean, it's just lit. It's just lit. This was one of those lit play call games. He'll have this and, you know, he'll go back in next week. He'll run a reverse on third and one. We'll all be bad at him again. Well, but I mean, you but look this at game it too, right here, the play, it, the play sheet was rocking.
1: It was – I think it's, it's over – I think we're, we overstated how well the offense played because the defense uh-huh. played so well. He
0: threw four touchdowns. He kept, he 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 got the intermediate game going. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it was the surgical. The intermediate, the intermediate game for Drew Brees at this point in his career is still a good thing. You can still win with that. I don't understand like the the overemphasis of trying to get him the ball down the field. If you run the ball, he's going. He has more than enough arm to do the intermediate stuff all day. Long, and then you could bring in Taysom for some of these trick throws, et cetera, et cetera. He can just be surgical. He can just, you know, do what he was doing. But, man, I thought our receivers looked really, really nice in that game as well, Uh, throwing the ball at 12 with 12 different guys in, like, I think the first half. Emmanuel Sanders, he's starting to – just on the few plays that I've been looking at from him, man, he is a really tactician when it comes to running those routes and. I don't know, man. He's one of the best second – maybe second wide receivers I can think of as, as the Saints, even even though it's early in the Saints' career. I, I see him as one of the best second wide receivers I think we've ever had.
1: Yeah, because, I, mean, I mean, there has never been a truly distinguished second receiver for the Saints. Yeah. Not, not in the Sean Payton era. There's Maybe never Lance been a number Moore, two. I don't, Lance was a uh, third guy. He was a slot.
0: Yeah. But there was that one year where I, a lot of guys were injured and he was the, he was number one or number two for a lot of one. And he really played well that year. I think you remember the year. I'm just saying played, you I don't,
1: think, he's not, yeah, a, he was never the number two receiver. Like, yeah, he just never you was officially. In, that don't officially make you, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just played the game for a couple of games. Lance was a three, it was a, a slot guy. That's, I mean, that's what it was Two, Um, I think the biggest thing was, like you said, the rushing attempts. They got 37 carries, and a lot of different people touched the ball. They didn't get a ton. The the yards per carry didn't look great, but I think it was the attempts, especially in the second half, and that's what you wanted to see out of the Saints is score – and then be able to use your offense as part of your defense. And the defense did a great job of setting the tone. And then the offense did a good job of helping the defense in the second half by still being able to keep drives going just enough. Didn't have to put up points, but they were able to keep the ball enough so that a a Tampa Bay team that is not suited for comebacks, let's just be clear about that. Because they they have the same problem the Saints have when it comes to that, is they have a quarterback without a great arm. So comebacks become really hard. And when you're getting the pressure that the Saints were getting, you saw it. Tom Brady didn't have anything downfield. He couldn't try to get it downfield. And I think that it's really frustrating. If I'm Tampa, if I'm Mike Evans, it, people say, well, it's just Marshawn Lattimore. And yes, Lattimore always plays him well. But at the same time, if you're those guys and you're used to getting the balls that you got over the last couple of years from Jameis, yeah. and now you are not seeing Oh, him and Brady are not team. on the
0: same page yeah, just just after the game. I thought was, was some of one of the most incredible things is that uh, Sean Payton. It, uh, Sean Payton, he's been getting his dance on the last couple of weeks and on Twitter and online. You know, people have been judging his dance moves and whatnot. What did you think of Sean Payton's, uh, you know, last couple of years of being really hardcore in the locker room with the Instagram stuff, with the, uh, with the Twitter stuff? Because Lance Moore said after the game, I don't know that Sean Payton. We don't know that Sean Payton. We've never seen that
1: guy. it seems like this started this summer Um, even before uh, like as soon as like the shutdown happened and, and then we found out that Sean Payton had COVID and everything. Since then, this has been a much different Sean Payton. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe it made him reassess some things in some ways, but he's been a very different Sean Payton. He's been much more vocal and honest he was the one that said it was Drew Brees' last season. He was the one that said they didn't want, um, you know, uh, Womack to come back. Uh, yep. he, was, he was the one that said that they didn't, you know, that they were all the things that were going to happen. He's been out front on them. He has not bite it. Um, excuse me. he had been biting his tongue all off season. And to me, it seems as if Sean Payton is in a place where, A, he's completely secure.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like, Jobs, Oh, yeah, oh God, job security will do that for but, you. i been telling you that for years. He has a secure job s- in all of sports.
1: I swear to you, I swear to you, the fact that he ain't got to worry about, like, this year he really knows it's one thing or the other. You know what I yep. mean? Like, Breeze ain't coming back next year. It's not happening.
0: So, so we know that for a fact. We know that for a fact now. He said
1: it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the one who said
0: <laughs> it. They did sign him to a two-year deal, though.
1: True, but that was to spread the money so that they didn't have to. Okay, we'll see, we'll see. But if if, if he is gone, if you're Sean Payton, it's kind of like, well, look, we just go for it. And if it don't happen, it don't happen. But what can I do at this stage? We've been here at this point. And it's either do it or don't. And so, for him, yeah, I mean, there are opportunities to be petty. And Sean Payton is as much New Orleanian now as anybody else when it comes to petty.
0: <laughs> it's super petty. And you saw Kamara after the game. He tweeted out young emojis, Michael Thomas. He was tweeting out brooms. Uh, one of the guys that we didn't talk about was uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Now, we didn't get an opportunity to talk about him from last week. He's one of the guys that shares the Instagram. He shares a lot of the Twitter stuff. He's dancing with Sean Payton. Uh Look, he's a guy that I think we all love, but at some point I think we know in the back of our heads he's going to hurt us one day. <laughs> so maybe we're just we're kind of prepared for it. But what do you what do you thought about uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson the last couple of weeks? Last since he's since he joined the team and kind of become like I guess the Cortland Finnegan of the league. That's he's the only that's the only guy I can kind of maybe compare to. He ain't to Cortland Finnegan <laughs> bad
1: yet. Yeah, you know Cortland Finnegan <laughs> that dude. Was ready to throw hands. I don't know if CJ yeah. is ready to throw hands. I think well, it's a
0: different world. It's a yeah. different world too. You can't fight like you did back then. But just that mentality, it seems. I think CJ to that likes being an,
1: ag- an agitator, and every team needs needs one. Whether it's a you know, and a lot of times you find that's the linebacker or the defensive end or the shutdown corner. CJ ain't the shutdown corner. You know what I'm saying? No. Like he's not a guy who gets a ton of sacks, but he's always in the middle of the activity. And so yeah, that lends itself, yeah. Mentally, you know, that maybe. to to be a, uh, having that running mouth.
0: Well, he must have. He must be a good ripper. He must be a really good ripper and a really good, you know, uh, trash talker to get yeah. under guys' skin in that manner. I mean, Michael Thomas to get under his skin to no point. Michael Thomas got to punch you in the face like in practice, and in him not really backing down from stuff like that, I have to imagine that I he has what, some A one trash talking skills.
1: I tell you what though. He's lucky he don't play play with Steve Smith back of the day.
0: Oh my God! Because you wouldn't I'm be doing my, that
1: to Steve Smith.
0: Not, but that's the number one draft pick now. not, not, doing not that many to Steve are built Smith. like Steve Smith is on television right now, scaring the hell out of his co-anchor. So <laughs> what are we talking about here? Steve Smith is a different breed. Steve Smith that's number was number like, one is, draft pick.
1: That's the Allen Iverson of the NFL
0: yeah he he's look man steve smith to this day like i understand why he's mad all the time at least when he played but i don't understand why the hell he mad all the time now that he doesn't play he does know how it is dude. Uh, we talk
1: about this uh, even if <laughs> i said little dudes who have to come up and make it yeah little dudes that come up, and he was a small receiver yep. and and nobody thought he was gonna make it and that dude made it and he turned into one of the best of his generation you know and, and, and from his era there ain't too many dudes you would take over Steve Smith just if you're trying to compete. Wasn't he a running back? Wasn't he a running
0: back in college? In a ret- he was a running back and return man, if I'm not mistaken, in college. Just, I, think that's I mean, of-
1: completely unlike what you see out of receivers. Not built like any yeah. receiver that you see.
0: That's why I think that's what I think made him so special, was the fact that he was built like a running back, and but he had the wide receiver skills and the return man skills. So the return man skills, that's what kind of put him on the map before he even was the number one receiver. He was a great return man. And so you get those skills. If you can get the guy to the ball, then that yak yardage is going to be return, you know, return guy yak yardage. is going to be running back yak yardage. So I think that's what he's getting out of the deal. But, uh,
1: yeah, they need, if, if
0: he was a C.J. Gardner-Johnson would have had some trouble with it.
1: But see, this is the thing, though, is the Saints needed Davenport's edge and yep. they need C.J.'s edge because the thing that we noticed for the beginning part of the season, the Saints had no fire. Even when they're winning these games, they weren't playing like a team that had urgency. And the very, at the very least, Sunday, what you saw out of that defense was urgency. They came to destroy. And when they didn't get sacks, and, and I mean, four sacks is great, but it was the pressures.
0: Right? Sure, it's it, the that's first the play of the game. Brady the very first fun. play of the game, Cam Jordan, was up in Brady's grill. Brady was on the ground, I think, three times in the first three plays.
1: And that's, that's not what Tom Brady wants. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing is Tom Brady cannot have people around his feet. That bothers him. And then when you took it, look at the Saints, I think another great thing that they did was the D-line was like, if we're not getting there, put your hands up. And that's how yep. you get, you know, an interception. Just from putting your hands up because you pushed the offensive lineman. You saw the offensive lineman was pushed a good four yards back. Yep. And you, you cut off those passing windows. There was nothing. There was nothing. The Saints did this like the they took away the middle, which is where Brady has to live. You know, he has to get those middle passes. And they were able to take advantage of of keeping people out from the boundaries as well. Antonio Brown worked the boundaries for a couple of grabs, and that's all good, but that's your third guy. You couldn't get anything to your top two receivers.
0: I want to say was implementing him in the game was that a factor for Tampa Bay? Because I mean, I don't think obviously so. I don't think you so don't you, you don't think you don't think the the week of practice him coming in the game and him not no. having that rhythm with Brady. What was okay. his? He got he got three catches on five targets. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you have a good rhythm and you practice well, or maybe that's Godwin catching those passes. We've been having a great season. Well, that'll, that'll do you know, nothing with five out of eight. That'll do game. nothing
1: with them not being able to block. That, that's not Antonio Brown's fault.
0: That's what I'm asking. I'm asking, I'm asking no. the, the rhythm of the wires no. It has nothing to do with the game, no. not practicing. Okay. No. Well, right.
1: Mike Thomas barely practiced last week.
0: Some teams are better than others when it comes to stuff like that. I was just wondering what your thought was on it. Do you but,
1: really – I mean, come on. Like, the line was everything. The defense – Yeah, a, the
0: defensive line, offensive line, they played great in this game, especially the Ramchick defensive line.
1: Ramsey yes, was a and, monster.
0: But defensively, tell me, these guys, Brown on Yamada, mm-hmm. obviously Hendrickson we talked about, and Davenport finally back, and he's looking like a monster, man. This – in rankings, we we don't even talk about Sheldon. We don't talk. Is rankings even back to what do you? I don't think he's back to his 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 elite self. But is he even back to close to that?
1: No, I don't think you. Uh, can, I don't think you can count on Sheldon. I just don't. Yeah, think that's what you're gonna do at this point. Anyway, damn, that's maybe, the is there, that's damn, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. damn, that's unfortunate. It's just yeah, the Saints. It's just not. I don't see. Look, he's got seven tackles this season. You know, it's it's not there for Sheldon.
0: Damn well, but pretty much for everybody else, the defensive line has been playing and not without having like star name players. I would say this is one of the best defensive line looks I've seen for the Saints for a while, especially not having stars. So, and they haven't have enough depth
1: to rotate, and that's the main thing, too. And and I think it helped that the Saints as well that the game was played at night. Um, they rarely play Tampa at night, they usually play Tampa in the daytime. And, you know, it's different. It's still different. The humidity is different. The heat is different. Yep. And I think it certainly helped um, for, well, bad the for the Saints who always was- play well at night anyway on prime time. So to give them that and to take them out of the heat of Tampa, that moisture, that humidity, I think that that helped as well because a little bit cooler evening is better for Breeze.
0: All right. We talked about like, Saints uniforms, which are incredible, incredible. Maybe the best uniforms in all of football. They're color rush all white. Now let's talk about some, uh, some uniforms that aren't good.
1: There's a lot of bad <laughs> ones. <laughs> it, about These NBA City the, Editions, right?
0: The, the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't care less about the City Editions. I'm talking about the New Orleans Pelicans City Edition. And I am tired. And I'm telling you, why is Ms. Gail's bingo friends picking all these uniforms? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the Fruit Stripe one we had from last year and then the fake little Mardi Gras one that looks just like the Fruit Stripe one except for it's, it's, it's green and, and purple and yellow. And then this one that we got today with the fleur-de-lis on top, the New Orleans City flag, man, there's not anyone in front of a liquor store know what the New Orleans City flag looked like. <laughs> so what is going on with these designs? Who's telling them about these designs? Look, I listening to the bird calls earlier today. Do y'all know who are the people behind this? You know, maybe we can have a concerted fan effort to let them know. Maybe we can have fans like draw something, you know, come up with, with their That's own been concepts. Done. I mean, this team. is Nike. I'm trying to figure out.
1: This but, is Nike. It, this is, it's other, so like, ugly. How what many can we of them? But this year, so many of them are bad. So many of them are bad. This is The Pelicans, A, have never had any ingenuity with these uniforms. The best ones are the <laughs> red ones, and all the other ones are garbage. The white ones suck, the blue ones suck.
0: <laughs> terrible. The blue and oh, the white ones, oh my god. The white the ones are so plain, oh and god. the blue
1: are just awful to look at. The red yeah, is the only ones that, that you like. And, and then on top of that, you, like you said, you do a city edition where no one associates City of New Orleans with its flag. No one. No who's,
0: who's getting that access? Who's talking to Nike? Ooh, someone is talking to Nike and telling them this I think Nike's city.
1: recycling stuff because look they just that's what they did with the city of Chicago you know what I'm saying like they're just recycling ideas you see the the one that they did for um, uh, San Antonio is essentially the Portland Trailblazers uniform just reversed
0: Oh it's the it's, old school looking yeah it looks like a 70s uni so it's like it's, I
1: don't I, I don't like the fact ever since Nike took over the uniforms for the NBA they've the, the alternates have gotten worse and worse looking every year to me.
0: Like just for, just guess, the Knicks,
1: you saw the Knicks one?
0: No, I did not see the Knicks one. Oh my What's God, that was Philly?
1: One. Oh! <laughs> just they're all <laughs> so bad. You, Orlando, did you see theirs today? No, I have to
0: see Orlando's It's orange.
1: Too. It's orange it's and white. It's, it's got orange oh my pinstripes. God. And it says Orla. They, and no one calls to, it Orla.
0: I, I would rather just have the King Cake Baby on there. Like a, like a float head. On one of these jerseys than what we're seeing right now. Three Florida Lees, uh, blue, red. Uh, I don't even understand what the font is. What it is. at least at least the, the the regular jerseys, which fonts I don't like. At least they're kind of like street signs fonts. These fonts are just I don't I I just do not get it. I don't get what Nike is doing. I want just throw an alligator on there like eating the a, 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 a crawfish so or something. Yeah, the that's what I'm saying. The numbers so
1: are so thin. thin. It's just, it doesn't, there's no reflection just, of the culture. It doesn't
0: it has feel nothing to do.
1: like New Orleans. And that's so that's what I'm saying.
0: I, I'm putting it to you. You got the connections. Find out who is talking tonight. You saw Jackson Hayes. He, he sent it on Instagram talking about, ooh, this look icy, showing the close-ups. But I, I find it funny that even him and the New Orleans Pelicans that are sharing the jersey, uh, they, had a, they had a Twitter post earlier today. None of them were showing the whole jersey.
1: This nobody's excited
0: nobody's excited of the jerseys, nobody's so it's it's jersey. just weird and i just wish that we could do something better.
1: are you gonna that buy just... it no you're not gonna buy that jersey
0: i'm not bu- no hell no i'm not gonna buy that jersey. i would rather they just playing like uh an alligator polos right
1: like, they like, could just wear pennies
0: <laughs> you know what i'm saying like
1: from gym just just use the practice uniform now i'll be fine with that rather than that yeah either.
0: yes oh yes yes so it's yes just, just in that, i'm not that i'm not uh, I just Ooh. don't get it. I don't. I don't get what we're doing. We we got so much stuff here in New Orleans. We got crawfish. We got good food. We got floats. We got you know. The, no, I don't want to see no more Mardi Gras the, the, anything ma- on a YouTube. I, I don't, but I don't want to either. I'm just saying, man. Look, but hey, I understand that, and I'm good with that. But our Mardi Gras ones weren't that great anyway. They weren't no. that great anyway. It was just somebody put. Uh, uh, you know, but I'm tired of that
1: being the focus for New Orleans I, all I, the time. I'm tired of people acting like Mardi Gras yeah, happens Mardi all year round. It's
0: it's it's two
1: weeks, man. It's two weeks.
0: This, this, put a Zydeco guy on there hitting, doing a wash, uh, the wash pan thing. How you gonna do that Some, on the... Uh, dude, I am so beyond the Pelicans jerseys right now. I would just take anything. that's I, not I
1: thought you, well, you, know, you could do a sublimated with the wrought iron from the the, the, the um, Pontalbo apartments. You know what I mean? Like, you, you remember how... You remember the one thing that I did, like that Nike did a few years ago? Remember on the back of Duke's uniforms? They had like the mm. sublimated. You could see the cathedral shapes of the, of the Duke campus buildings.
0: Ah, uh, you telling me maybe being may that may that be uh St. Louis Cathedral on the back like that or something?
1: Yeah, you know, do something sub because yeah. that's the shot that you always get is of Jackson Square, the St. Louis mm. Cathedral, the Cabildo, and the Presbyter, and the Pontalbas. That shot is every time somebody is about to present a game from New Orleans. Where do they come? They come from and that. It's that angle always showing in, Yeah.
0: And, yeah, off the know, river we, where they had uh, three, four hundred maskless people last weekend in a yeah. Christian uh, rock uh, concert or, or
1: whatnot. And did you see the what? Somebody in the newspaper, Newell Norman, you know, former um, sheriff. Oh yeah, Jefferson former Paris.
0: yeah, JP sheriff. Yep.
1: So he's out there writing about that and talking about, um, oh well, you know, it's it's unfair, and the mayor's mm-hmm. chooses. She lets the protest go on, but she won't let these people have their concert. You gotta have a permit to have a concert. A protest by its very nature, you don't get a permit for a protest. Also, also,
0: it's easily googleable. As I've been telling people all day, you can find out that there were no spikes in the cities where the protests took place because the None. protesters were wearing masks. Yep. So it's, easily, it's easy to Google, but obviously we have people that don't care about facts, don't care about truth, don't care about anything but winning. And I guess maybe we can move on to, to this uh, next segment, uh, the election results, which yeah. aren't exactly making the president think he has to leave office, which is, I guess, not unexpected, but still weird. And I just, this election, man, we saw black men voted 18% for Trump, black women voted 9%. now. I don't know if that uptick matters, but I want to ask you, did the Ice Cube stuff, did the Lil Wayne stuff, did the Lil Pump stuff, you know, all, you know, putting their stuff in the lexicon, did that add to, you know, I guess 18% black men voting this time as opposed to, which was close, it was closer to 10% last time, uh, Kanye West got 60,000 votes in this thing, which is a pittance, but at the same time, 60,000, that's 60,000 votes you, that- you didn't have to throw away.
1: No, I mean, but that's American politics is designed to make people choose to either vote for somebody they don't want to vote for or throw yep. it away. And I think a lot of people, I think the uptick was there were some defiance votes. I don't think the, the, the ice cube stuff had anything to do with it. I think that there are people who genuinely felt like, okay, well this time we have never gotten anything. And I said this afterwards, you know, I said we've never gotten anything for the black vote anyway. And we're forced into these positions where we have to choose one or the other. And I think some people just like, like, screw it. Uh, because still, 18% of Black men still means 82% of Black men did not yes. vote for Donald Trump. And it still which, means that 91 of good. Black women did not vote for Donald Trump. The problem has never been with Black folks and Latinos and Asians. Because mm-hmm. there's only one group of people in this country that Donald Trump won with. And that's whites. That's it. 55%. 55%, 55% of white 55%. women, 53% of whites overall. So... If that tells you right there, it's not. If if anything, and I thought that this is something that was under has been underspoken about, except by people who really care about this. Is if anything, and like Stacey Abrams showed in Georgia, then if you organize and you get black people engaged, they'll come out because you had ninety plus percent turnout in Detroit. Stacey Abrams registered over half a million voters and, and more than half of those were black
0: yes i think seven eight hundred thousand yes so it, it, it was amazing what she was able to do and got in them Atlanta, to
1: show up yep. so you know even with the numbers being changed there were still more black voters who showed up this year than they did four years ago so when you think the areas where, where where biden won were still all overwhelmingly black votes
0: and it's crazy because you think about you know, when you had the radio show and I would do the radio show every week and, and just how, how crazy this COVID stuff was in the early beginning when it just seemed like real, like 10 times worse than what it feels like now, even though it still is bad. And we talked about all of that and we watched these coronavirus meetings and we see everything that happened. And I think that seventy million people was likely cool with that shit. To me, that was as scary as anything else that you know, anything that the election had to offer was like, it's just
1: wow. It's I just, thought Trump was going to win. Wow. I thought Trump was going to win from out. From I, I, weeks ago, I, I told people, I said, I think Trump's going to win. So I was surprised. Um, I, I would not have like, been surprised if
0: he won, just but to get six, seven million more votes from the first time around that I, I to me, that was a bit surprising.
1: Not me. That Like I'm a little bit older than you. More than voters, I'm not that much older than you, but. I'm a little bit and I just say that I'm a little bit more cynical and so these things don't surprise yeah. me cuz I think this is even the votes. Like I don't think that there was really a lot of votes cast. It wasn't about Trump. It's never been about Trump. Going all the way back to as, as this started before Trump started with Tea Party. You know what I'm saying? This, oh, that's bro, what yeah, started, we knew, really yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what the Tea yeah, we know what the Tea Party was about. That was so, about stopping Obama by all means.
1: And I mean it's so it's yeah, this is just the, the continuation. They will. It didn't have to be Trump because remember the, the excuses are for everything. So it's not about him. You're not. They're not ex- making excuses for him because of they love Donald Trump so much. They're making excuses because of what he represents to them, and what he represents to them is the maintaining of a power structure. And, and these people yes, have, and I
0: understand that. So, I understand that man. But seventy million people—that is the most people that has ever voted in the history of this country. a person that lost so well i mean but you also had more people
1: come out who voted for this person who won too yeah who
0: won yes yeah and he won by a bigger
1: percentage than hillary clinton did
0: no 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 you're correct but i'm just saying the sheer raw number of 70 million based on everything we saw this summer for me i understand that that you're cynical i understand that you're cynical but even 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 for me to see seven, to, to mean that he added 7
1: 8 we million could have votes. We had a zombie apocalypse it, and that dude was going to barely yeah. it was going to come down. Apparently. To the Apparently. Cuz it's Apparently. not about him. It has nothing to do with him. Yeah. It has everything it's to
0: do. Yeah. It's about keep it's about keeping power. I understand, I understand, but I would even thought with his incompetence.
1: They don't that care even about the that. keeping
0: power crowd. He would have maybe lost a little bit of that. Have, have they ever
1: cared about competence? <laughs> has it ever because that's the nonsense of this whole thing is that it's never yeah. been about competence. It's, that's what none of this is about. That election has a had different re- level,
0: bro. You can't you can't compare him to like the incompetence of George Bush. Or oh, yeah, like this is a whole No, you absolutely can't.
1: It's it just looked different. See, that's the thing, is I don't understand why so many of y'all uh-huh. are shocked. It's the exact same stuff that Bush was doing and saying. It's the exact same stuff. He just did it, Bush did it with a smile. Trump does it with a sneer. What was Bush doing that was helping, that was- Man. What was he doing? Cheney
0: would have, Cheney would have slapped the hell out of George Bush if he was this transparent about every single move he made on the chessboard, as, as Trump administration is. Over 200 people indicted for crimes. That has never happened in the history of anybody being in the White House. So.
1: Reagan had numbers like that almost. Reagan had nearly as many numbers as, as Trump did. But what do they talk about with Reagan now? All the crimes that Reagan had. Reagan could have been impeached. He violated congressional orders more than once. And so, uh, look, here now, they talk about how, how great a president he was. And that dude did some horrible, horrible things. So, I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm, I am never surprised that America will excuse the misdeeds of yeah, our right. You're right.
0: You're right. You're right. And I, and, and, and I was not surprised, and I wouldn't have been surprised that Trump won. But the margins did make me go, damn, y'all really wanted that. Just the margins. I just thought $70 million, That I, that just kind of like, damn, it made me Don't take a seat. be surprised, bro. Damn
1: don't be surprised I, I I'm not super surprised but I was surprised at
0: that number man that that that's crazy
1: and the Kanye votes are just an outbreak of that same thing it's like I don't want to vote for either one of these people I'll vote for Kanye and that's the problem with the thing with American the way we vote anyway and, and there's a great piece if if people want to look it up go just google Hassan um, Minaj and he does a breakdown of um ranked choice voting you know what ranked choice voting is right
0: no, I don't. What is that?
1: Okay. So ranked choice voting is what would be, you know, you know how um, it's very similar to like when you vote for the MVP of a league, you know, and you put your first, your second, third place votes and all that stuff. Right. So you would do that with your vote. You would vote for somebody and that's your first choice. you vote for somebody and would be your second mm, choice, okay. et cetera. So when the votes are tallied, all the first fo- first choice votes get tallied. Okay. And if nobody gets the majority, from that, then you start tallying, You start adding the second place va- ballots to that.
0: To oh, votes. we're talking about like uh, like first team NBA type stuff. Like like that's similar to to that first place vote, second place vote, third place votes.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a stacked system where yeah, you start adding until there's a winner in those places. So somebody can say, and it also leads to multiple parties. And that's the big problem is there's no law that says we're only supposed to have two parties. That is, a, that is something that is the outbreak of a power structure. People want to vote for other candidates, but you feel yep. like you are compelled to vote for one or the other no because choice. otherwise you are throwing your vote away. But if you well, get a tiered folks. system, you can vote for more than one person essentially. And this was yeah. first proposed and I threw this out on Twitter today. The first time I heard about it was back when Bill Clinton was president. And Lonnie Guineer, um, who is a professor, I think at Harvard Law, I may be mistaken, but lani grenier was put up for assistant attorney general and one of the reasons she got rejected was because she was a proponent of this type of voting structure and it turned into something that a lot of white conservatives didn't like and they drove her out of the nomination process because of that and what we're seeing yeah
0: we're seeing right now with it what they're trying to do with that just with this whole you know shadow game right now with the election with was still supporting Trump even though he's, you know, he lost the election, because we have the with the the election in Georgia coming up with the two, you know, two Senate seats up for grabs, and that's the total power will be behind those Senate seats. So it, it looks like the Republicans are all in to placate Trump throughout this entire process, so he doesn't have that seventy million base turn against him. So that's what they're scared they're of, because that and that's yeah.
1: what. And that's what this voting system does. When you have a system like this, that it makes no sense to go against because what's the, every politician, the thing that they don't want is opposition. And if the party opposes you in any way, that's, that affects your money. And so people will go along with anything if as long as they don't have to um, reap the pre- repercussions. And that's why people hang with Trump is because there are no repercussions to it. There are only benefits. Even to uh, as far as the power goes now. So I'm about to
0: say because there, there, there's a dark
1: side. There's, there's, there's oh, I'm, uh, side. I'm just saying <laughs> they, it's about their self-preservation. <laughs> because why why does it make sense for them to go up against Trump when Trump is going to go out and yell about you as soon as you do and tear his me. crazy minions on you? And then next yep. thing you know, you've been and that's what they're afraid off. of.
0: That. Yep, that's what they're afraid of. Just like, I mean, he started off by firing the uh, defense secretary. That was like the warning shot to everyone else that if you say anything, I'll you in these next 72 days, make your life a living hell. So, yeah, we've never seen anything like this. And I guess I would say it's surprising. Based on the last four years, it's really not. But still, it still takes some extent. Sometimes you sit down and be like, damn, this is this is the timeline. This, this was the correct timeline. This is the one we live in, huh? And <laughs> I think it's the wrong one, but it's it's crazy out here. And in this election that's coming up in January, you thought it was crazy uh, for, the, for just a presidential election. This election in January, in January, for those two Georgia seats to, to totally control the Senate, it is about to be bedlam. Oh yeah, bedlam. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, and and, and
0: we'll I, I don't think we. I don't think it's like anything we've ever seen. That's about to come up.
1: Mm, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm, I'm just I'm used to hearing that phrase so much this year, and for the last four it, years, cause Trump said it was, all the time. Yeah. Like nothing Jesus 2020 seen, is the year. Like, nothing you've ever seen. It's like okay, I don't know, I don't know. Let me see it then. Yeah,
0: but he was he was saying that to be impressive, like uh, and, it, and it fell flat. All right, well, finally, let's talk about. Uh, Y'all you guys talked about it earlier. I listened to your bird call uh calls and you guys are trade machining out of this world. Y'all was too much trade machine and you was getting mad <laughs> at somebody because they was having fun trade machine and you want to be a serious trade machine. That's but, me, um, man. Drew, I I, I would say Drew that. Holiday. Mr. Yes. Drew Holiday, he is he's he may leave now for real, for real. Yes. And I, I would like to say, obviously, he's one of the top individual defenders in the league. I would think it's a bad idea for him to leave just because Stan Van Gundy's coming in. And I would want my best defensive player to be able to impart that to the new guys coming up. But, you know, maybe he – maybe it's time. Maybe he just say, I I can't do that anymore. I'm ready to move on. And if he is ready to move on, and obviously you have your take as well, but I just want, want to see where did he fall in with all-time pals? Where does Drew Holiday fall in? with the all-time, you know, best Pelicans players, the best New Orleans players overall in history. Uh, Clutch points had him at number four overall.
1: Yeah, I have him at four. (laughs) I have him at four because Chris Paul, to me, is still number one. Okay. Um, AD2, David West
0: 3, and Drew 4. Clutch points had P.J. Brown as number five. Drew Holiday as number four. David West, number three. Chris Paul, number two, and obviously, you know, if they pick Chris Paul, number two, they're going to pick Anthony Davis. Chris Paul's win shares killed Anthony Davis
1: in New Orleans. Chris Paul affected winning more than Anthony Davis did in New Orleans.
0: No, definitely, definitely. This is one person's opinion, but Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is number four. So, Drew Holiday better than what, than Mashburn?
1: Mashburn only played two years, man. Mashburn only played two years, and one of them is hurt. So, (laughs) it's like, it's hard to get Mash. As, like his one year that he was clean, he was all star, and he got hurt, and then he was gone. So it was like, it, it, it's like it—it's hard to give it to any of those guys because yeah, Baron Davis was awesome as a player, but he's yeah. only hit two years, and, and on so, Marcus Cousins—he wasn't he even able to play a whole season. <laughs> he didn't even get to sixty games as a Pelican. So it's like, yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not bro. a long list of guys. I mean, I'm Tyson Chandler was certain to be up there. You know, you got to put Tyson Ray- Chandler up there. You got to put Paige Stojakovic up there. Definitely Tyson. Yes,
0: Page Peja, Peja definitely in that top ten. Paige re- Oh, yeah, those early teams with Paige, my God. He used to be amazing getting all those three-point shots. But I'm throwing Raj, Rajon Rondo in there. I don't care. You can get mad. Anybody mad through me, Rajon Rondo, in that top ten. We don't get to the playoffs without Rajon Rondo. You should have signed Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo showed in the playoffs how They couldn't incredibly sign incredibly him. I don't know why player. you keep saying they should have. <laughs> they could not. They couldn't. I'm mad.
1: You ask him if what something that I couldn't happen, no, They couldn't do I,
0: it. I, listen, that's not what I was hearing at the time it happened. At the time it happened, I was hearing that there were some other possibilities of him being signed. No, so there they was no money. Early. They offered him they the They offered could have went full, to him early.
1: No, that's not true. They offered him the full
0: mid-level exception. They offered him a full mid-level exception, correct?
1: The Lakers had more to give, though.
0: But wasn't it correct that when he all got offered that money that – he got offered offer the last second. It wasn't like a, a no. dialogue. No, with that's, him not that, the, no that's, that's not how that's the season. Happen.
1: No, no, no. That's not how it happened. No. It wasn't a
0: last minute situation.
1: The Lakers made it a last minute situation. It was a setup. Okay. This whole thing was it was a setup. It was done intentionally. The Lakers sent him the offer, and then he called the Pelicans and said, Y'all got 15 minutes to do better, knowing good and well that they couldn't offer him any more money. It was the domino. Getting Rondo was part of the thing to get AD.
0: Rondo, number six on my all time Pelicans list. Okay. Right. So I, I'm still throwing them on there. But uh, uh, Drew, I will miss him very much if he does leave in this circumstance. Uh, I know that both of us have had our opinions about Drew over the years. I think we both know and understand that he cannot be your main point guard, your main, uh, you know, handler of the balls, table setter. But he has some qualities that I think that are incredibly underrated. His individual defense, obviously. But it's weird. It's weird because I think we all know that Drew's a phenomenal player. and And even though he's a phenomenal player, he didn't maybe reach his apex here. You know I think there's a lot of, a lot to left left to, uh, to to be desired with with him, despite him playing so well, but with him leaving or him going out of door what, what are your thoughts process on on is this happening like is this is, is there any more mirrors and, and smoke with this or is this for real like
1: happening? I don't think this it's gonna a rush. Happen. I don't think they're in a rush to do it I think my best guess when you hear these types of things and once they say teams are taking calls, first of all everybody's taking calls all the time. But with this, as we know, Drew at the end of this season has a player option. So th- this is the steps. You go, they probably went to Drew and they said, Are you what you thinking about with an extension? And I'm sure Drew's agent said, Here's what we're thinking about. And I think this is very similar to what happened with Brandon Ingram last year. When Brandon Ingram, everybody was like, Why don't they just sign him to the Max immediately? Sign him right now. And the whole thing I think was that the Pelicans told Brandon Ingram is we plan on signing you to the max, but you just got here and you may not like it here. And then, you know, and we may not like each other, who knows? So they gave him that freedom. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the same thing here with Drew Holiday is that Drew is at that point in his career, wouldn't as any player gets to, he's over 30. Now you get to that point in your career, you say my, my I got fewer years ahead than I have behind me. So what am I going to do? And do I want to stay here in New Orleans and potentially have to um, hang on for four years, possibly till, till this team becomes a championship contender. Um, Not just a playoff contender, but a championship level contender. And then you you got a 34 year old Drew Holiday who's financially as, and my thought is financially, there's a point of diminishing returns where as he gets to 31, 32, 33, do you want to be paying him $30 million a year for that? And I'm not sure that you do, mm. but I also see the point in saying, I'm not, not going to do this today because at the very least, I want to give Stan Van Gundy the opportunity. That's in what I want him has, to do. I, that yeah, is
0: very, that's what,
1: yeah, you have no off season basically. And I've got to teach. The
0: season starts in a month,
1: basically. So let me, let me put this group that David Griffin never got to see fully realized Let's put that group back out on the floor, and see I'm what they look like. And then if there's a deal to be made around if if we're not where we want to be at the all-star break, hey, then we can move Drew. And,
0: and I agree with that as well. And I think that Stan Van Gundy, well, having him in those practices, having him as the the mannequin for his uh tutorials or whatever, I think that is that is gonna be an important deal for having the guys buy into a lot of that stuff so i want to see drew here at least in those opening stages and if it gets to the to the point that we're at the trade deadline we're not doing as well as we need to be doing or you know we find a player out there not wiggins i know you really like wiggins but I no think i like didn't say numbers. i really like, you like wiggins. the numbers you that's like the not numbers that's what the i numbers. said no 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 I'm, I'm not disrespecting you i know you, you was talking about the package everything that came with it uh the, the numbers their their salaries match and whatnot uh but yeah, I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to have, a, like, a little fake little – even though I don't criticize the hell out of him on Twitter, I'm going to have a fake little crocodile tear for him because, uh, you know, he really is in a time where there's a lot of players who's all about me, this and that, all about – he was so no-frills, man.
1: But God, it's also, he also a no-frills star. But I, star is a word that I don't know if I'd use. Star pl- for us. Not. Nah, I'm not saying overall yeah. star, so just for us. Um, so yeah, I think that there's there's – Drew Holiday has a lot of great qualities, but there's also things that I think that that the Pelicans need that Drew cannot give them. Yeah. Because – if 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 Stan Van Gunny wants to play with Lonzo Ball off the ball more in half court situations, who's going to handle a damn ball? And that that to me, I don't want Drew Holiday at the top of the key. Me neither. Handling that ball, um, you and making already know those decisions. My, my brain.
0: My brain hurts when he handles the ball too much. You already right. know how, how. You know there's going to be balls
1: that. dribbled off his foot. There's going to be <laughs> passes that end up in the stands. There's going to be shots that don't get taken because he hesitates. There's going to be shots, layups that are missed at the rim because for some reason, Drew Holiday misses too many, like misses the most easy layups. You know, like as Rob used to say back in the day, he got the $100 moves with the 10-sit finish.
0: Yeah, the 10-sit finish, yeah. But sometimes he has the $100 finish. Sometimes his finishes
1: are are amazing and beautiful. But yeah, that's the problem. That's the Drew Holiday problem is that his highs are really high. And his lows are, yeah. his, his, His floor can be embarrassing some nights. Like if he's not engaged properly, you just look at him and you're like, what the hell is wrong with Drew? And that should never be what you think about your top, one of your top three players. That's a what guy who, Stan, you, you know what I mean? Like the variances are just too wide for Drew.
0: What if Stan does like his thing where he kind of, you know, remaps his game and just says, look dude, just play some defense. And then when you get the ball on offense, attack and score, or hit the wide open three. That's all we want you to do. That's
1: it. Well, he doesn't shoot the wide open three. He's not a great wide open three shooter. But I'm just
0: saying, take the take the open shot, drive when the, when you have to drive,
1: but, but you don't you want you handling the ball. 30, can you teach a man to thirty? To do that, to
0: be different. Well, we're not. Te- I'm not teaching them anything. I'm just telling them not to do certain things. i like you think add, people add, haven't told them that before? Things.
1: You think people haven't told him that before? I don't,
0: I don't think Alvin Gentry told him that.
1: He absolutely did. I was there for it. <laughs> How much did he tell him? Did he, did he tell him with emphasis? They told Drew on a regular basis not to be scared to take it to the hoop. They're like, just go. Take it to the hoop. Go. They wanted him to drive because they were like, you need to get to the line. You got to remember he Drew Holiday in his calls. career. Because people no like to say calls. this. That they, they say that with the Pelicans. But in his career. His entire career, mm-hmm. he's only yeah. averaged more four free throws a game once.
0: <laughs> the way you keep doing this with your hand, I knew you had that stat on lock right there. Like, you had that – you've been had that ready to go and ready to fire off. Yeah. He doesn't get any calls because he does not he, he, he isn't that type of player that miles off to the officials and get frustrated. But he doesn't and that go matters. through contact that either. matters.
1: He avoids it while he's in the air. That's his problem, yeah. too. Drew will move to avoid the conflict, contact. And it's like, no, just go through it. Get the foul. And then you saw last year his free throw shooting was down in the slow 70s, high 60s. It's <laughs> like, man, it, it just it, – it, and it's the, the slow starts are annoying. Like, every season it takes him, like, 15 games to get going.
0: Okay, so I I see it's a slippery slope with Drew and your opinion of Drew. So we need to get him out of here.
1: (laughs) It's not about rushing him out. Again, you got to get value. I want the Pelicans to get value, and I see all the good. Yeah, get
0: the total value they can get. We ain't getting Tyler
1: Hero. We ain't getting Tyler Hero. You ain't getting Tyler Hero. He ain't coming here. I don't know why
0: y'all even talking. Y'all talked about that for like 40 minutes. I I I kept trying to tell him
1: it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Miami (laughs) is – why would you take that? Like every time I look at trade partners, I say, "What's the impetus for the other team to make that deal?" To, to make the trade, yeah. Because like there's people no, say, just, "Well, send him to Phoenix and get Devin Booker." Why would you give up Devin Booker for Drew Holiday?
0: You want to see what you you want to see how Tyler Hero advances the successes he had at the end of this season, moving into a new season. Plus, You're not giving that away for no Drew Bridges. Plus, for no, uh, yeah, Drew plus Drew
1: Holiday is redundant. You like having you yeah. get a lesser Jimmy Butler. I don't need two would, Jimmy
0: Butlers. I hear you on that. I wouldn't necessarily be super mad. about. The Heat have always played a style where they've had, like, a forward that can pass the ball or they have a, 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 you know, they always play a team type of game where their defense is is such part of their culture that I could see Drew fitting in despite that redundancy. Where would he play? Where would he play? I get your point. Where would he play, though? What spot? He would would just guard the team's best defender. What what position is he
1: playing on, on that team offensively?
0: I would say he would play. He would be in between a hybrid version of that uh, that shooting and that in that uh, small forward position, depending on who. And he's six playing four. Depending on who he's playing each and Jim, every night. Jimmy Butler's world.
1: only six five.
0: It, we've seen Drew defend guys taller than him all but the time. what is that?
1: I'm just saying, if you're the Heat, what is? How does that make you that much better?
0: If you give up Tyler that,
1: Hero, how does Drew? Yeah, Hunter I wouldn't make give, up, I wouldn't give Hero.
0: No, nah, nah, I wouldn't give up hero. I wouldn't give. A, I'm just saying that if the Heat were able to take him in, I think that culture I just don't, of the team fit. Just, I just taking his, his fit, taking man. his defensive style, the Heat they make players better, man. That's what I've seen. They make the, players better. That's why you strike. don't
1: need to spend 20 plus million on Drew Holiday. Yeah,
0: you just got maybe, to the finals maybe.
1: without spending 20 million on Drew Holiday. So why, if you're the Miami Heat, are you trying? You're gonna have to re-sign Bam Adebayo in a couple years. Yeah. You still got Jimmy's contract under. You're going to have to pay some of these other dudes. You're getting ready to get Goran Dragic off your contract, but you still – they want to make a run at Giannis, right? They want to make a yeah. run at maybe an Embiid or Simmons or something. I just
0: think Pat Riley and company risk really, really freaking like him. I don't and believe it. Really I, think, really it's, I think that's
1: smoke. I think that's smoke. I think if Riley was that hyped about Drew Holiday, he would have made that move a while ago. Because they I said they Leber- wouldn't give up Hero for him and so yeah. if they're not giving up Hero they before, didn't have assets before. They why didn't would have they give really, now? What
0: assets that really did they have before? I mean, I know I've been listening to Dan Levitar's show for a decade. I know three, four years ago, he, they were on the show talking about how bad Riley wanted uh, Drew Holiday. So it's something that's been on his mind for a while and I think uh, Miami is proven that they're one of the teams that players go to, and they play longer years. They play longer than maybe they should play Ooh. because of the regiment and the weight and the, and the weight. Uh, didn't Alonzo Mourning play till he was almost like 36, 37 years old when he played over there?
1: Alonzo, no. See, you, you what? You gotta pay attention. Alonzo left. Remember, he had kidney surgery. Oh yeah, and he did. He, and he went to he went to New Jersey. Then he went to uh, Toronto for a hot second. It got cut because they went down
0: Haslam then. Haslam, Haslam, he's 50. Haslam ain't
1: played in a game in four years.
0: <laughs> Miami has a good regiment and they play defense and that's their culture. And that's why I see that they would want Drew Holiday to fit in into that culture. Man.
1: I think Drew Holiday makes their offense more stagnant. I think he's not that much of an improvement for them. He, he makes their ball movement worse. And he's and, and as a defender, he doesn't upgrade them enough to make that make that worth twenty five million dollars. I
0: don't know. They like him, so it all it t- all it takes is one that. team. I don't all see it why takes would you, one I don't, I just like don't understand
1: he. why you would risk that for a guy who can opt out at the end of this year, and you're gonna give up. At, you're gonna have to give up more than Tyler Hero. It's not gonna be a one for one because the money don't match.
0: Yeah, uh-uh. I wouldn't. Yeah, obviously, I wouldn't be a hero. We're talking a scenario where they would get him. How he would be utilized if they were to get him? But I would never do it. Not right now. Coming off with him, I want to see what's in the in the Pandora's box on hero before I even think
1: about like you know, and not to ruin. Like I'm not 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 to ruin what me and the guys are doing. Um, but yeah. I would say there are very few teams that if you're going to send Drew Holiday anywhere, you don't want to send him in the West. Cause you don't mm. want to have to deal with him.
0: Face him. Yeah. You don't deal with him. in a the warriors.
1: And so you, do, and so if you're going to send him to the East, there are not a ton of teams in the East that are even viable to take him on. Like either it's cause look, Toronto's about to pay Fred Van Vliet. Mm. Right. They're going to pay He's him a
0: quality player. I will pay him too.
1: Cause look, Kyle Lowry ain't getting no younger. So Van Vliet's no. the future for them at point. They ain't going to give that up. They found they found a dude that nobody was thinking was going to blow up, and he blew Definitely. up. So Definitely. they're not going to give that up. And um, Nick
0: Nurse has been a good coach for them in a the small stance. He's, he knows how to utilize these guys. So.
1: And they've drafted well. So, And you already have at, the, at that spot, you have an affordable Norman Powell who can shoot three better than Drew and can also take people off the bounce. And you're Toronto. So you feel pretty – I mean, at the very least, you know you can finish top two or three in the East again and you figure hey we got a good front office we don't have to make a uh a pressure move because you don't have any Can old players it? now
0: could have I call Siakam. Danny Ainge huh if you call, Danny, call Danny, Ainge, Danny Ainge what are you
1: getting because you're not getting I'm Jalen asking. Brown you're not getting Jalen Brown you're not getting you certainly ain't getting Jason Tatum so what are you mm-hmm. asking for Marcus Smart
0: Marcus Smart and I don't know pick swaps I don't know uh
1: Money. I mean, so you take on Marcus Smart's money, and what are you getting? You're just getting basically back a younger Drew Holiday, right? Yeah. Because he's not a great three-point shooter. He's no, not really he's a not. point guard, right? So you're getting I'm trying, a great I'm defender. Thinking, I'm, thinking
0: about, I'm thinking about Boston's roster, who else they have on there that's even.
1: They don't have any bigs. Yeah. They don't have any wing defenders yeah. that they're going to give away. They don't have any because they're all their best wing defenders are on the starting lineup. Remember, they went to the playoffs essentially with seven guys.
0: So they basically only have picks. So Ken, Ken and Kimba's not going anywhere.
1: And, yeah, and you don't, and you're not trading for Kimba to play on yeah. the Pelicans. You mm-hmm. don't want a volume shooter to come back.
0: Nope, not 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 the way we have it going on right now. So, so then yeah, you're, you're right. looking at Philly. What does Philly East. have?
1: Does Philly have, have anything uh, that the Pelicans want? No. No. But
0: maybe. Maybe Tobias Harris. I'm I i do not love him, but I'm just saying he is a three. Where are you gonna D play type, him? Maybe he could maybe he could fit and stand the system. I don't know. You're
1: gonna pay Tobias buy, to buy Harris getting thirty million dollars. You want to buy Harris? and he's him. on a long term deal.
0: I don't want him at all, but I'm saying you asking me what do they have that we That's what I'm consider? saying. It's like
1: but that's not appealing to the Pelicans to take on that kind of money. Not when you ever no, pay I take that on if you uh-uh. maybe you know, you're gonna extend Josh Hart, that's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, y'all was making me mad in, the, in your podcast when y'all was including Josh Hart and those deals that was, I was Ollie. getting
1: mad to. That was Ollie talking <laughs> about that. I was like, you know, you're to Josh
0: I was but, getting, Every time you included Josh and Josh Smith, I, like, I hit my leg. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, well, no, Josh. you're going to extend Josh Hart. <laughs> Don't bring up Josh Hart. So,
1: and let's say you do extend Lonzo, so that means you're going to be paying Lonzo $15 to $18 million a year. So you can't be taking back twenty five plus million. You either you want multiple players and picks, or the person you get is coming back on a very short term deal.
0: Damn, you sending my boy wedding
1: Milwaukee? No, What do you get you, out of Milwaukee? Do,
0: yeah, you can't even do Milwaukee. So See, that's the saying? thing. They're Forever. very.
1: So that's why I think that it's very. It's more unlikely that a deal gets done before the season, and that it becomes something where a team says, "Okay, now we know that our need is exactly Drew Holiday."
0: All right. Like, why would you do and it? You, to me? You, you, it makes
1: yeah, no you, sense to do it today.
0: You're right. You're right. And I think I think also a thing is that you let the market set itself. You let yes. whatever happens in the league happen. Maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe yes. somebody's coming to the table with more than they originally wanted. Yes. To do. So yeah, you're right. And I, so, I, so okay, after having this conversation with you, I'm solid now. I want him to stay to help the young guys and stand Van Gundy's system as much as possible. And if we're not where we need to be near that trade deadline and teams are getting desperate. And that's where you pull the trigger on. Because I think that's
1: when you see Drew go. I think that if they're not, you know, if they're not in playoff contention in a real way, when you get to the break, not one of these things were like, if we make a run over the last 20 games, we got it. No, you don't want to be in That's every year. I don't want to hear that. So if they're in a position and they're, they're really underperforming, then yeah, then you start saying, well, it's time for JJ to go. It's time for Drew to go. And it's time to, to, to get some new yep. pieces in place. And that's fine because cool. it actually, too, I think there's something symbolic about closing the, the door on the, the Dell Demps era. You know, Drew is yep. the last compo- – he was really one of the first components of it. And he'll be the last component of it. And I think that there is something to be yeah. said for getting that out of the house. You know what I'm saying? Man. Like in that bad group, Yeah, yeah, you yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you say you know, you get that uh, the India uh burial ground <laughs> artifact
1: get some sage, you know, you take that sage and you cleanse the <laughs> cleanse the smoothie king center. Of just right, oh, you know, it's so gonna take us a, no
0: more of that. nah. It's gonna take forever to cleanse everything that's under the uh, Smoothie King Center. So we can maybe we can get a little piece of it out, but uh, we we got so many souls and uh, lost souls that's looking for something under the Smoothie King Center. So I, I don't think we're getting rid of that anytime soon.
1: I just uh, the the thing for the Pelicans to me is it all boils down to is, is Zion in shape when he comes when he shows up. Um, Please God, you know what I mean? Like is is. And is is Lonzo going to take a step? That's the thing. Is, is Lonzo, if Lonzo is not ready yep. to take the step, then this team this will is be going difficult. to do what it did last year. It's going to be be
0: difficult. This to be difficult. But I am encouraged by how Stan Van broke down Lonzo's game and the rest of the games. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows about the low podcast that he was on, where it was like, "Damn, is he in the locker room with our team? He know all our and I our warts." So I'm hoping that that. You know, the fact that Stan kind of truly understands, you know, what's going on with him, that he'll be able to make an impact on him to where he'll change his game up and do some more positive things. But you're right. You're right. If he doesn't make that leap, and especially with this whole stuff with trading Drew, if he doesn't make that leap, that's going to leave a void on our team in terms of a playmaker in the half court especially. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see if we be able to bring someone in there to kind of take that rule if he can't do it.
1: I mean, ideally – To me, if Lonzo's giving you 14, 8, and 6, and a a block and a a couple steals every night, I'm good with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as that ball is advancing and he's still making threes at a 35 to 38% clip, you don't need Lonzo to give you 20 every night. Like, I would like Lonzo to kind of view himself not the same as Rondo, because Rondo's a completely different type of point guard, but in the sense that, I can do all these other things um, yeah. but when I need to hit the Definitely. shot I'll hit the shot the one thing Definitely. that he's got to get is that floater he's got to get a yeah. floater
0: oh God he has to get a floater my goodness gracious and he just has to be more aggressive at the room everyone's been saying that but hopefully hopefully it will stand there he'll hammer it into his head even more you know be it a good to the goal a little bit more but I am likezo Lonzo. He's not not real at all. You've seen there's been times where he's gotten aggressive and he's been able to do the things that people have been asking him to do. He just doesn't do them in volume. He doesn't do it consistently. So I'm hoping that the mindset will change. But, yeah, you're right. Him playing like Rondo in terms of having an impact on the game, you don't have to have great statistics to have that great impact on the game. And I think that he already has an intangible for that. So you can build off of that. But you're right. If Lonzo doesn't make the step like by midway through the season, I can see a scenario where the Pelicans start shaking their head and thinking, okay, because you have to have a main facilitator uh, in there that can you know, handle these situations. And it's going to be tough if Drew – we don't want Drew in these late-game situations. No. So and, we got to Nik- have somebody that we can depend on handling those late-game situations.
1: And you don't – I don't see Nikhil being ready in year two to take over the point guard duties at 19, nope. 20 nope. years old. I don't see that. It's got to um, be Lonzo. Yeah, you're it has right. to because you be don't Lonzo. have that other person on the roster. You don't. No, you don't have to. a point guard it on it this roster. To. And there ain't one in the draft at 13 that the Pelicans can plug in um, and start. There's not a single starting point guard in this draft unless you're Counting on your team, just saying, like, even if you take a LaMelo ball and make him your point guard, you better just be resigned to the fact that you're going to lose games because you, he didn't get to practice. And so this kid, he's going to make all these rookies are going to make tons of mistakes. So I'm not counting on a tremendous showing from this rookie class for for anybody in the
0: NBA. It's going to be more than usual because of the whole COVID situation. I mean, these guys will be drafted, and they'll be in the training camp like a week later, and, and most of them haven't played since March and February. And, and this a pickup games, you know, who's going to be on the that right regiment who isn't They haven't even played pickup.
1: You're in. talking about dudes that ne- haven't gotten to play 5-on-5 five five in months. Yeah, in so months. it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going
0: to be ugly for, for a time. But as long as LeBron said we playing, we playing on the 22nd. So I'm getting ready for it, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited despite all the craziness because, you know, with the way we ended in the bubble, I want to see what else we can do. And I just think Pelicans fans are just, you know, hyped up with Stan Van here. Well, Some. The UPS guy I talked to today was not hyped up. He was quite, he's quite angry.
1: See, people, I, I, and, I, and I'll continue to say this is like you don't know who the good coaching hire is until after it's too late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't know the good or the bad. It's too late. You already hired him, or it's you know it's, it's just everything is situational. We maybe in a different situation, a lot of these coaches would would do better. To, and the same with players too. Some, sometimes you are just in the wrong place at the wrong time, and we've seen it with players in their careers. It's like you find the right team that fits you, and then you do better. If oh, yeah, we'll definitely. see real quick though, if Stan Van Gundy is the man for the right time and in the right place, if they if they're not better defen- if they don't move up, the lowest he had defensively was Detroit at 18, his first year mm-hmm. in Detroit. So yeah, the top not 10 in after that. Pack. Yeah, top 10 the other three seasons, and got as high as number eight.
0: So yeah, so yeah, that definitely has to change, and I'm looking forward to that change. And he has a track record, you know, uh, that says that when he goes and implements a defense, you know, the team gets plays better defense. So we ain't seen defense in what like seven, eight years. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see something.
1: And then there's a rumor that well, we've seen, you know, he kept Freddie Vincent, uh, which I think everybody's happy about. Oh hell yeah, we all happy about that. And then he brings over uh, Bob uh, Byer, who is somebody who's been with, with him in other stops. And he's primarily the guy who teaches the offense. So um, that's why he's coming. There's also been some talk that, that Rex Walters um, may be joining the staff. If you remember Rex Walters, he played for Kansas. Yep, uh, I remember Rex in the day Walters, with 23. <laughs> yeah, he played with
0: Adonis Jordan I remember Rex and, uh, and those dudes. He had, dudes. That, he had uh, that punchable face like J.J. Redick.
1: A similar player that two guard <laughs> shot, you know, same size, 6'5 shoot, shooter, um, was in blue chips. Um, yep, I remember know, Rex the legendary Walker, I remember. blue chips. Um, and, mm-hmm. but it, uh, he was Where had been Shaq lived in,
0: where Shaq lived in Algiers. And, and he acted like because it was a third world lived... country? Yeah, it was a third world country where we couldn't afford to have uh, hoops. We had to have tires. <laughs>
1: yeah, but a <at> breakaway <laughs> tires. They had breakaway tires. A breakaway t- yeah, I ain't never seen that before. As long as I've lived in Algiers, I've never had to go play inside a wooden barn with breakaway tires. We have they gyms. Break, we they got had a breakaway tire we goal. Have we have they playgrounds. We have breakaway tire goal. And I've never Who seen any group of that? kids run down the street to go watch a street game in New Orleans either. Well, I, I, I,
0: look, I'll give him a, a little pushback on that. I mean, if Shaq, like, actually lived in Algiers, uh, I could see some kids running around to see this big dude duck on a uh, tire.
1: But you know you know how we are, though, too. We'll be like, you know, we show up, and you know how New Orleans cats are. I ain't pressed. Yeah. There's always going to be a dude like, yeah. I don't care how big that dude is. I'll go check him. That's how New Orleans cats are. You know how it is. Yeah. There's,
0: I, uh, I totally – I forgot that scene, man. I'm glad you brought that back into visual like that. Now, looking back on that 20 years later, man, that's absolutely freaking absurd.
1: It bothers me so much because it, it, it all starts – we're so off the rails, but it all starts, remember, with Slick – Goes up to him and he says, "I got a big kid for you." And he's like, "Where is he?" And he says, "Algiers," as if that's a city. Algiers yeah. is not a city; it's a neighborhood, yeah. and everyone yeah. knows this. And then they come in on a steamboat, like they Tom Sawyer and Huck <laughs> Finn, and it's not even a normal steamboat; it's a very small, like barge type. Boat. I gotta
0: re I gotta rewatch Blue Chips. I'm forgetting a the lot of. Speaking to
1: Algiers and they running through bushes and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> "You fly in the MSY." You take I a cab from the airport that. and you get off on the Gaulle and you're in Algiers. It's not hard. I'm a, it?
0: I might watch Blue Chips tonight based on you saying I cannot remember in detail everything that you're saying. But if they hop on a steamboat to get to Algiers, I'm going to laugh my ass off.
1: Yeah, they do. they go like, baby, you don't know. Baby, you don't, that's the song they're playing about. You don't know down in New Orleans, baby, you don't know. And they come in there and dude, Slick is wearing all black. And the dude from, from White Man Can't Jump, Silk Cozart, the legendary Silk Cozart. Um, you own it on Blue Chips. That's like, is Blue Chips your Friday? Bro, it's one of those movies that I've seen enough. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's imprinted in your head. I could do that movie from start to finish. I'll run oh, right wow. through.
0: Oh, wow. I've seen Blue Chips maybe three or four times. I can't remember those type of intimate details. I can, tell tell you, yeah, I can do the whole thing. We could do, could do Friday all day. All do day when Marcus
1: but... Johnson tells, you know, his ex-wife, and he's like, hey, we're going to go over to the club after we get some wings. You want to join us? And it's like, <laughs> like, they, like these are lines that stick out of my head. Oh, come on, Jenny. You know, he's a friend of the program.
0: Oh, Something wow. Like come on. Okay.
1: I got them Blue all. chips. What kind of shot is that? When they're getting Tony on cheating, when Tony was pointing. What kind of shot? Look at him. Looking at the clock. What is he doing? Not Tony, man. I recruited Tony, man. Tony was my guy. Yeah, Tony cheated, man. Tony's point, shave points. Wasn't Bob
0: Knight Tony. in that thing? Bob Knight was in that movie, too. He was, I think yep. he was, like, the best like, coach Shefke in America in or something.
1: Bob, okay. but he was coaching Indiana, and, and Rick Petino was coaching Kentucky. Oh, they were
0: coaching the normal teams. Okay, I can't, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, Rick Pitino was in it. George Raveling was in it. Like, this is
0: it. Bayham was in it for Syracuse. No,
1: no he was in it yeah. as – Recruiting. He didn't coach a team,
0: though. Oh, okay. I knew he was in the movie, though. But just think about think about how, how much the sport has changed to where, like, back in the day, like, those college coaches really were the personalities of like, each and every one of those teams. But also – They got to go out there and represent.
1: And you think it's about crazy. it, though, too. Another thing that makes no sense about Blue Chips is the fact that they're doing recruiting after the season ends, which is never what would happen because the <laughs> high school seasons are over. So I don't know how you end your basketball season in March, you know, and fail to make the NCAA tournament – and then you are gonna go still? there's still college, high schools playing oh, ball. Movie in magic,
0: Dave. It's movie magic, Dave. That's the kids already,
1: rec- the kids already committed. Ain't no the, the dang number one recruit in the country, Butch McRae. And you telling me he ain't, uh-huh. he ain't committed? And he's school in, in March? Come on, bro. Come on, man.
0: If anybody out there watches uh, the CW show All American, I haven't seen too many episodes, but I hear it's one of the funniest uh, shows because it's so terrible about how they show football uh, practice and, and what the players do at practice. And, and I hear a lot of funny things about it. So I don't know if you saw that. It's just called All American.
1: I've heard of it, but uh, I have not watched
0: it. Yeah, if you see check out some of the memes online, uh, videos online. It's hilarious because they play high school football and clearly they did not get any advisors to know anything about football, which is funny and weird. But uh, you know, we
1: yeah, don't have I got to go do... watch.
0: I'm going to watch Blue Chips when I get home, maybe.
1: Here's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do... Some episodes that are just on individual sports movies, and we're gonna uh, have to go through some of these movies. Oh, okay, we'll I right, right. I'm feeling. Yeah, that. all right.
0: Are you feeling that? All right. I'm definitely feeling that. I love sports movies.
1: All right. So, because I'm love, sure there was ones ones that you have general. not seen that I'm gonna have to expose you to. Okay. And I'm gonna have to see what your reaction is because I uh, uh, have you ever seen the fish that saved Pittsburgh? Hell no. See. Right there, see you got. That's a classic. You got to have to see the fish that saved Pittsburgh.
0: Have you seen Brewster's Millions?
1: Of course. Please, you can't tell me <laughs> well, about Montgomery Brewster, the Hackensack Bulls, his catch a spike. Come on, right. man. Jerry Orbach as the manager. Come on, man. damn! Well, the I, right, I played
0: with your power. God damn! I played with your power level. My bad.
1: Come my on, bad. the train goes through the outfield. Come on, during the game. They play three my innings bad. I the thought that was. I thought that was
0: obscure enough. Clearly and, I was incorrect.
1: You were mistaken. You're mistaken.
0: <laughs> all right,
1: man. <laughs> got, you know, you gotta see Earl Cornbread and me. Have you ever seen that? See, there's so many out there.
0: No, nah, I've not seen that one. I have not seen that one. See? But yeah, send me send me a list, man. Send me a list. But we, we gotta talk about some ones that I think the audience knows too, just so we can,
1: you know. Oh absolutely. You know, you know we gotta hit that's, that's, you gotta do above the rim, you gotta do blue chips, you gotta do uh Friday night lights. Hoosiers. Not doing uh, Hoosiers again. Yeah, because uh, I hate Hoosiers, so I'll go through that with him. We all
0: hate
1: Hoosiers. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say Jimmy Chitwood was gangster, though. That one dude, though. Jimmy Chitwood gets mad props because nobody can stop that dude's jumper. It was wet. That jumper was wet. He
0: was nice. Rudy.
1: <laughs> and we'll rip Rudy. I'll hate – Rudy, Rudy has to go down, too. Got to tear Rudy down. We.
0: Yeah. Oh man, Rudy. Oh man, you tearing down Rudy? Got to. Okay. All right. I got to get ready for you. You you going cerebral with it? All
1: right. All right. Like I I can only tear Rudy down because I hate Notre Dame so much. Like I will say this: watching Rudy as like an, an objective experience. Yeah, you get you can't help but get emotional. You cannot help but get emotional. But yeah. like once you learn the real story, and then you're like, oh, he's kind of an asshole. Then it kind of changes. <laughs>
0: I think the entire car football team. We went to see it like the day before we went. We played a uh, a playoff game. I don't know if it was Faraday or I don't know St. Thomas More or somebody. We we all went to the to to the movie theater. We went to semolinas, I think first and ate the entire uh you know the entire kitchen's worth of uh, noodles and uh, spaghetti. And we went and saw Rudy. So I remember that experience uh, growing up. And uh, yeah, we had a, a damn good time watching that movie. And yeah. I mean, there's some memorable moments, obviously, in that that uh, everyone knows about and, and shares. And, like, yeah, I can get part of, part, this part of that movie that makes me be like, yeah, well, okay.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I got some <laughs> breaking news some before we bounce. I just got some, right. some breaking news. So Brian Windhorst is reporting is that Uh-oh. the Phoenix Suns are in this, have had discussions about acquiring Uh-oh. Chris Paul from the Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: Oh, that's weak sauce. I thought you was giving me something hardcore, like uh, Chris Paul to the Clippers.
1: Bruh, if he goes still to the Suns, that would be the move. You'd be moving what um was it Ricky Rubio, who's been playing good basketball the last few years. I like. I've always liked Ricky Rubio. I think people yeah, have been he's mean. been
0: playing on the wrong teams. I think he's played on the wrong teams. He hasn't played on any teams that just give him his offensive freedom to play like you know his his well Minnesota early on, but they were so bad that uh you know they weren't winning any games with him playing like that. Yes. I, just, I think he plays in a lot of rigid type of systems that don't let him, you know, maybe, you know, get his wings, spread his wings, but we shall see.
1: Yes, we shall. And that would be interesting because Chris Paul was played uh, one season with Monty, his last season in New Orleans. Um, yep. So... Uh that would be an interesting kind of group to hit for him to go. It seems strange though, because that team, I don't know if that's a finals contender. So it seems really strange. But there are very few teams that can take on again. Then not a lot of people could take on Chris Paul's forty million dollar contract.
0: And not too many willing. So if someone is willing to take it, I think you almost have to almost just by proxy, just 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 by living on earth, have to look into that. But I was hearing some things about him maybe coming here earlier before the season when the season for us uh, ended, you know, that was kind of like some things that was going on on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, maybe should Chris Paul should come back to the Pelicans. He'd be a perfect pivot for the Pelicans where we're at right now. But, yeah, I don't think – yeah, I don't think he uh, – What he Yeah. His timeline ain't, ain't what we need to do right now. But you can dream. You can dream. And if he was here, I think that with this group of players that he has, if he was here, I think we could do some, you know,
1: some fun stuff here. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Chris Paul with this group. You know, one thing is going to happen is you're going to be in the right position. You're going to be in the right place on offense. And you know, that's going to happen. Now, the other thing, though, is you, you, with Chris Paul, you always have to do is understand that Chris Paul's in charge. Like, you, be- yep.
0: <laughs> you better understand yep. that. You
1: that's better why be alone. long any,
0: any, Anybody who was thinking the Clippers was going after Rajon and uh, Chris Paul at the same time, I can never in a million years see them on the same team. With they hate each of, other. There's, there's no way. They hate. There's there. no way.
1: Those two, those but
0: two, not be, not, be not just right. that they hate each other, is that they both yeah, they both have that endearing personality to where they command you know that 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 elfiness from everyone on the court when they're out there. I couldn't see one of them, you know, deferring to each other. I couldn't see Rajon Rondo deferring to Chris Paul because he Paul never deferring to Rajon Rondo Rondo so, still
1: believes he's a better point guard than Chris Paul. Yeah, Rondo believes it. with all his heart that he's better. He's better Chris in the,
0: the playoffs. Ball. So
1: we'll see, bro. I had fun. Better in the playoffs. uh, This was another blast. I love it when we do this. So, we have to do, like I said, we'll do soon again and we'll start doing the movies because we got time to do some of that stuff too. Okay, Um, cool, cool. You know, because especially since college football is just, ugh, right now. I
0: don't even watch it. I don't even watch it.
1: So, yeah, we'll, we'll get offline and we'll talk about those things. Tell folks, um, you're going to be calling any more games coming up in, in the Yeah, game?
0: definitely. This weekend, we got Helen Cox taking on uh, Landry. That'll be at 10 a.m. That game has moved up because everybody wants to get as much money as possible. And we're restricted in New Orleans, so they come into Jefferson Parish, and that'll be at West Jeff Stadium, I think, is a triple header that day. We'll be the first game uh, at 10 a.m. So join us out there for Cox versus Landry.
1: And how can they follow you on Twitter, my brother?
0: Hank's Three Sports, H-A-N-X, the number three, and sports. I got suspended the other day for Christian out Larry Elder, but I'm back.
1: <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So thank you. Till next time, for Hank Grady, I am David Grubb, and this has been another edition of thank yeah,